0: Welcome to The Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from The Kowal Investment Group, The Retirement Specialists. Good morning and welcome. It is WISN, The Retirement Clinic with The Kowal Investment Group. The Retirement Specialists is on the air every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'm Paul Cronforce. Today, hosted by John White. I have to say White and emphasize it because our former traffic reporter, is John Wyatt, and
1: everybody thinks you're him. Yes, I've been told that. <laughs> the first times. time you're on. Yes. Well, traffic yeah. guy it's, doing the Cowal show. Yeah, the last name White and a Scottish accent just don't go well together. <laughs> so I got to really emphasize White, like, like White. the color. Yeah, yeah. White,
0: yeah. not White. John Wyatt, who's still around yeah. and comes back and fills in every now and then. So just to clarify that, how you doing, John? I'm doing very well, thank you. And we'd like to welcome back, uh, I will say a long-time guest is Mike Smith. He's president of CPS Horizon Financial. They're an insurance brokerage general agency. I would say a long-time guest is appropriate. Good morning, Mike.
2: Yeah, I think this is probably about uh, the fourth or fifth time, going back about five years or something like that. So maybe 20% of the time this show has been on the yard on the, on the yeah. and... Hosting or guest hosting at some point?
0: Well, it's great to have you back on the show. We're going to talk insurance clearly, but before we dive into the day's topics, we got a lot coming up today on the program. A little background on what you do at CPS Horizon, which is located
2: in Hill's Corners. Yes, not not, not far from here. I'm what's called an insurance brokerage general agency, so I'm a little bit different animal. I represent dozens of insurance companies for life, disability, long-term care, some annuities, and a lot of my clientele are the financial advisors and insurance agents and attorneys and accountants whose clients are looking for insurance solutions. So I've had my practice now for uh, you know 21 years or so in Hales Corners. Grew up in Wakashan Oconomowoc, so this is this is home for me. And dare I mention, went to college in Oshkosh, where I attended UW oshkosh We were actually there at the same time. I yes. don't recall seeing you there because you know I wasn't at the bars as much as you were. Uh, but <laughs> I would have had a mullet. <laughs> oh, that could be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. playing in
0: a rock band. <laughs> You know, and I hung out at the at the communications building, north side of the campus. Oh yeah,
2: I was there too, often too. A radio station, really a nice campus, UW Oshkosh. Yeah, I love my it's, time. Ch- there. It's changed dramatically, but yes, it's. It, you walk down there now, it's like I don't remember that at all. Things so like,
0: I've heard. I have to get yeah. myself up there, but it's great to have you on the show. Mike Smith will be here the entire hour. John White, of course, we can find out more the dot You get it's everything about retirement. You're part of the business reports daily Monday through Friday on the Mark Belling show. And this show been around since 2001. What's on the agenda today?
1: We're talking insurance, uh, life insurance, long-term care insurance, uh, talking about the importance of estate planning when it comes to your wealth and making sure that the assets are transferred over in a very tax-efficient manner. Um, and speaking of which, let's let's talk about the first thing, which is life insurance today. Um, I just got some facts to start things off, but of course, life insurance, very, very important part of a solid financial plan. Uh, when you're looking into retirement planning and before retirement planning, you want to get some life insurance. So here's some n- nine facts. Now, this is from Forbes article uh, that I picked up on. I'll start with fact number one. 70% of people said that they need a life insurance policy in 2020, according to LIMRA Limra uh, research. Uh, the same study found that only 54% of Americans actually have life insurance coverage. So obviously, there's a discrepancy there. Um, People say they want it, but not a lot of people have it, um, which is obviously a huge problem. 29% of people do prefer to purchase life insurance online uh, rather than filling in forms. That makes a lot of sense, of course. Um, That's an 8% increase in 2011. So obviously, there's more online presence today, right? Everyone's doing Zoom meetings. Everyone's
2: doing everything online. So that makes sense. And with a lot of people trying to say they want to buy life insurance online – that can happen a lot easier nowadays. I mean, if you go back five, six years ago, yes, you could do some things online, but it was still often paper, having to do paper or something along those lines, scan documents and things. If there's one or two things that came out of COVID that is good is people having to be forced to accept technology a little bit more. Zoom meetings or, you know, or webinars on, on Zoom or now applying for insurance on, online is easier than ever now. And we've found some carriers that are doing a fantastic job where you basically put in, your agent puts in a little bit of information, the client gets sent an email, they fill out the email, and they can be approved instantaneously. No more blood work, no more chasing medical records. It's very possible to be approved within minutes. No kidding. Yeah, we're
0: talking life insurance for the most part right now, right Mike?
2: Yeah, we were just helping a woman, a, a, a doctor, two weeks ago. She got $3 million of life insurance without, within minutes without having to have her medical records looked at or a blood test or urine samples or anything like that. It was all just done in three minutes.
0: Is this good or bad?
2: I think it's good. Because if people realize how easy it is to obtain insurance now, they'll be more apt to get insurance. Yes. Now. And now, my next comment is going to be a little bit biased, of course, but it's a matter of making sure you got the proper amount and making sure you got the proper kind and all of that aspect. So it's, not, it's more than just who's got the cheapest price. You can jump on some of those quote engines online or you're hearing this, even advertising on this radio station, and you'll see okay, I'll just call them up and, or go online and I'll get quotes. But it's, it's always a lot more than just price because the cheapest carrier is not necessarily what's in the client's best interest. There are subtle differences from carrier to carrier, and a good advisor will know what those uh, subtle differences are and give you some good recommendations.
0: I think that's important that you stress that. We all look at the – we want the lowest premium, right, John? We want to get the lowest price on everything we buy as consumers. Got to be careful, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike makes a good point with with different there's different coverages. Um, there's a lot of nuances to it. And I can tell you from my experience, I used to work for Mass Mutual. They're one of the oldest insurance companies in the United States. Great products. But they were a little bit pricier. I mean, I was often competing with people on that. And when it came down to the premium, it was a tough discussion. Uh, But when you start pointing out the differences, um, people were swayed and saying, OK, you know, I want to go with a reputable company that's got a solid balance sheet. That can be a big difference maker. And so I like to call Mike a subject matter expert. Um, I just cannot keep up with all the changes in the insurance company or insurance business realm. And so that's why I rely on experts like Mike for our, our clients. If they need uh, a quote on some life insurance, some long-term care, I will definitely defer to Mike on that. I simply don't have the time and resources to take care of those things. What was the stat you mentioned? 54% of Americans have life
0: insurance? Uh,
1: Yeah, actually. Yeah, and 70% say they want some. So there's a big discrepancy. Yeah. Wanting between- and
0: having are... Yeah. Our- Totally different. Absolutely right. Yeah, uh, we we should have life insurance, Mike. I, I think, right? As most Americans, but is there a certain age where everybody's different, right? So is it case by case?
2: I think yeah, definitely case by case. But when it really comes down to is if you're if you've got a young family or you've got financial obligations, that's where the life insurance is important. If you're an empty nester and you've got enough safe for retirement and and there's nobody really dependent upon your financial uh, inability to work or passing away. Then maybe you don't need life insurance. If you've got enough saved in retirement, there maybe you don't.
0: Hypothetically, what if I'm seventy-five, my term policy just came to an end? I own a home, right? Do I would I necessarily need life insurance at that stage of my life?
2: The answer is it depends, and it's just not the easiest thing to say, but <laughs> um is there still financial obligations on on your plan? Um And not everybody needs it. 75 years old, no debt. There's no debt and things like that. But it also comes down to what's the rest of your plan look like? Because if you don't have provisions, say, for health care taken care of, and all of a sudden you're saying, okay, I've got enough. Here's my retirement income, Social Security. Maybe I'm, I've got a pension. I'm very, I'm living very comfortably. So what do I need life insurance for? Well, if something happens to you health-wise, you have that stroke and you don't have, say, long-term care insurance, now you're pulling more and more assets out of your retirement savings to help pay for your care.
0: So we're basically one car accident, one stroke, one heart attack away from really being in financial trouble
2: potentially absolutely big time trouble correct
0: in general i think the country you know we've had estate planning attorneys on the show john that'll say most of america just doesn't have a proper estate plan or no estate plan correct it's similar to this i think
2: yeah absolutely so having something there for some life insurance can help okay if something happens to you health wise and you're blowing through assets to pay for your care the life insurance can replace what was spent for your care for your surviving spouse
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, what we've been talking about here kind of goes along with these facts. This next fact is not such a like a wow moment, you know, but, uh, you know, life insurance premiums for a 50 year old, according to this study, are twice as expensive as for a 20 year old. Well, that's no big surprise. Um, Another fact, uh, COVID-19 prompted one in five Americans to purchase some life insurance. Um, And then, of course, 33 percent of people don't think that they would qualify for insurance according to the same study. Now, I think insurance, like many other things, gets plagued with some bad myths. I've seen people that I swear would get underwritten for a life insurance policy, not get it, and of course, the flip side of that coin, I've seen people that I thought wouldn't get coverage get the coverage. Yeah. And so, don't when it, when you hear what well, might sound like a myth, just don't don't buy into it right away. You know, life insurance is expensive. Most of the time, it's not. Uh, it takes too long most of the time because, like Mike said, you can get coverage very quickly. Um, so don't buy into these one-sentence, one-liners of, of what something is and is not. Or- I know
0: you've got a lot of facts to get to, John, but in, this is important. I think, Mike, you said you can go online. you your own company, cpshorizon.com, mm-hmm, right? Correct. But the Internet is the Internet. Do I have to be wary of some things online? If I get an email, perhaps, that suggests get the lowest rate on life insurance click here or something like that you still gotta have your guard up right oh
2: absolutely absolutely we all get those kind of spam emails and things like Mm -hmm. that too I always suggest buy from somebody you know if you can there's plenty of insurance advisors out there who can help you if you've got auto insurance or homeowners insurance you can go to your property casualty agent they typically will have one or two carriers that they can represent Uh, but if you're finding somebody in my opinion is find somebody who's independent and can shop the market for you for, for life insurance and the other types of insurance those who are those are the people who are going to be making sure they're appointed with the proper carriers, strong A-rated carriers, a, you know, highly rated carriers that aren't going out of business anytime soon.
0: I wonder why we are. Is it just procrastination? You know, we we have auto insurance. We need it,
2: right? It's the state law.
0: It, it is law, exactly. Maybe if this was law, we'd do it. But what's holding people back from getting life insurance? There's got to be some reason, or is it just not? top of mind when you wake up in the morning.
2: Well, it's it's facing your mortality. That's when some things people don't like to f- face that aspect and realize, hey, if I'm not here, it's that's that's I I uh, don't want to deal with it's it. It's like planning a funeral. Yeah, and a lot sometimes it's just a matter of procrastination or, or laziness. You know, it's a cost. You know, I've got a quote up here cuz John brought something up for a 50-year-old male it's about a hundred bucks a month. to get five hundred thousand dollars of twenty-year term insurance. So you would get insurance that would last all the way to your retirement age, full Social Security age, for about a hundred bucks. So five hundred thousand.
0: A thousand two hundred a year. Think of that. Yeah, that's not much money for to, in to, the to big protect picture. your
2: family for five hundred thousand dollars. That's right, and yeah. you get a peace of mind out of that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay,
0: John, you've got all kinds of facts. We're not scaring people. We're educating them Right,
1: right. Yeah, a couple more facts here. So uh, the study also referenced that about 50% of people overestimate the cost of life insurance, more than three times what it does actually cost. So therein might be another reason, right? Oh, this is going to cost me a fortune, and it's typically three times more than what you think it is. And remember, life insurance is implying that you use leverage, Right. You're putting down, in this case, the, the example that Mike just gave, we're putting down $1,200 a year of premium for a massive $500,000 payout. So there's leverage there. And that's what insurance really is, right? It's leverage. You're leveraging... The spreading of the risk of insurance and the low claim rates, which is what most term life insurance policies have, which is why they are so affordable. Because thankfully, not many people claim on their term life policies. Right, right it's a very, right. very small number, which allows insurance companies to offer you, you know, vast sums of insurance for not that much money in premium. And and therein lies, you know, the problem is that when people don't insure themselves, they are literally self funding. You know they're using their own assets rather than you know using leverage mm-hmm. here and taking advantage of what the insurance company is offering, and uh, just the final fact here was the average life insurance payout is roughly one hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars in the United States. So, if that is the average payout, you know you could start to make an assumption. I would imagine most people are underinsuring themselves.
0: Say that again: $158,000?
1: $168,000. Okay, one sixty-eight. On
0: that's the average payout. That seems, Mike, very low.
2: It is, and yeah. I think a lot of people have life insurance through their employer. Your employer will typically give you, pay for one time your salary, and maybe they can maybe a little bit more than that, but uh, typically it's one year's worth of salary, and that's where a lot of people have their life insurance, and they, if they don't have it- Through their your, employer. Through their employer. Yeah. And is that enough? And you sit there and say, okay, my, my mortgage is $400,000. I've only got $168,000 of life insurance. Okay, maybe that doesn't even pay off the mortgage, that's but my right. wife is or my husband is also out of all the income I brought in all because of my working years and things.
0: Yeah, if you've got a mortgage that's a million dollars, you mentioned before, a, a, a doctor, a lady who took a three million dollar policy out, right? That may seem high to some. Again, it just depends on your life, your lifestyle, your debt, everything.
2: Correct, and that's huge. And having having proper analysis of how much life insurance you need. You just can't go online and do that. You really have to talk to somebody who can educate you on how to go about doing that and helping figure out the proper amount and the proper length of time, I think, is key.
1: Yeah, and when you're insured, it feels good, right? You're paying your premiums. You have that peace of mind knowing that something happens, that your loved ones are taken care of. Um, I, I can I don't think you can put a dollar amount on that. To be honest, now obviously the insurance company thinks differently, right? <laughs> there is but a dollar amount. There is a dollar amount involved, <laughs> yeah. but there is that intangible feeling, right? Of hey, you know, things are taken care of and squared away if something happens. If something happens, we just
0: don't know. I'm sure you've heard this over your career, Mike. Everybody says this. I've heard it. Insurance, you've got to pay these premiums, but you're not getting anything back for it. Well, really? What if you have a car accident, right? You must have insurance. Who's going to pay for it? What if life insurance, health insurance, my goodness, uh, the cost in, in one night stay in the hospital can be in the thousands of dollars, right?
2: Correct. And, and that's the nature of insurance. You, all different types. There are some kinds of insurance that all you do is you pay premiums in and you hope you never need it. But if you do, yeah. you're darn glad you have it. And there's oftentimes some of those insane, same types of insurance. You pay premiums for a long time and you never go on claim. That's just money that's gone out the window. And if everybody had that crystal ball that said, I know I'm going to get sick on this day, or I know I'm going to break my leg on this day, or I know I'm going to die on this day, we'd all purchase insurance a day or two beforehand. But we don't have that crystal ball, so it's one of those things that's it's a necessary evil, and it gives you peace of mind, however.
0: Clearly, we're living longer as Americans. I think COVID did a lot. It, it may have skewed that average American lifespan a little bit. Nonetheless, as the years go by, t- you know, technology in the field of medicine is going to advance, right?
1: Yeah, you know, we mentioned before that maybe procrastination, laziness, you know, facing your mortality, all those are, you know, let's face it, they're excuses to not consider doing something, right? Um, But I do think one of the other things that happens to people is they see someone else go through an event and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to get insurance tonight because they saw firsthand what's happened to someone else. And and I do think that shakes people into the reality of let's do something now. So um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. I've seen people that you know have taken a while to get insurance, and then they have a new family member come along, and that mm-hmm. spurs them on to be motivated to do something. Um, there's many reasons, but uh, you know I think just you know doing the ostrich and putting your head in the sand, and pretend that it's not a risk to you, is is not the right approach. John, part of a retirement, it's the same thing with a retirement plan, right? Right. You know, I mean. Uh, You know, stereotypically, I'm not doing a lot of term insurance policies with with older retired clients. That's not to say they don't need life insurance. Uh, Most of the time, it's the children of clients that are looking, you know, they want to invest, right? They want to buy the latest stock. And I tell them, one of the first conversations we should have is, are you adequately insured? Because you probably will have a mortgage. You'll have these big debts.
2: And to give you an idea, if you're 30 years old, And you want a half million dollars of life insurance that's good for thirty years, the price is locked in for thirty years, it's thirty bucks a month. To have a half million dollars of insurance where the price is locked in for the next thirty years. It's thirty bucks a month. Uh,
0: Clearly the younger you are, the Better premium you're going to get. You're less risk of correct. dying. Is that correct, Mike? Correct. And I know you can't across the board. It's hard to make generalizations. The older you get, you become a little bit more riskier, right? Smoking, does that all play into it still? Do we oh have yeah. to check oh those yeah. boxes, right?
2: Yep. If you're a tobacco user, you're going to be paying much higher rates yeah. than a non-tobacco user.
0: Yep. Uh, and you mentioned that. Well, first off, I want to give out some information. If you want to reach out off the air, if you've got questions, you can go to Mike's website. They're in Hale's Corners, cpshorizon.com mike that's your website correct
2: and all insurance needs what are we talking life about? disability long-term care we can help with annuities something also called critical illness which has grown dramatically since uh COVID, where you've had that heart attack cancer scare parkinson's or something like that you can get money for that for those things too
0: so mike smith our guest the entire hour here in wisn's retirement clinic john white your host when we come back Uh, On the show, a lot going on. The wealth management and preservation segment. We've got the boss segment after this commercial break. John, you've got some other... Topics today, right? Yeah,
1: we're gonna discuss long term care. That's something near and dear to my heart. I've got a family member going through that. And uh, you know, it's a very important part of a, a good retirement strategy too, is to at least consider long-term care insurance.
0: Let me just take a guess. We're probably undersured in that area as a country, right?
1: Uh yes. <laughs> no surprises, right? Yeah. I, I wish that weren't the case. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we're gonna find out about that when we come back. And if you got questions for the COWAL investment group, retirement questions, the COWAL way. Dot com. You can call their main world headquarters, we call it, in Waukesha at 262-522-4040. Also in Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, and Heartland. Again, 262-522-4040 for the Coldwell Investment Group, WISN. The Retirement Clinic will be right back.
2: This segment of The Boss Minute will talk about financial literacy, And financial literacy is a big problem for most of America, and especially here in Wisconsin where there's a lack of education in the high schools and also with the general public when it comes to the basics of financial literacy, when it's understanding budgeting and taxes and saving for retirement and things. Well, there's a program called Elevate Wisconsin, which has actually been in force for a little bit of time now, probably about two years or so, where it provides financial education for Wisconsinites. Elevate Wisconsin is a financial wellness program that provides interactive, effective, and unbiased online instruction in personal financing and investment fundamentals. If you're a state employee, you already have access to this. But what Elevate Wisconsin really wants to do is promote itself through the workplace. So if you're a business owner, this might be something to explore a little bit and figure out if financial literacy or providing financial education for your employees is worth your best time. To learn more, Google Elevate Wisconsin.
0: Welcome back. WISN's Retirement Clinic, Saturdays at 10 with the Cowall Investment Group, the retirement specialists. More on their website, thekowalway.com. With us in studio, your host, John White, with the CoWall Investment Group. Also here talking about insurance today, Mike Smith is president of CPS Horizon Financial, an insurance brokerage general agency there in Hale's Corners. Throughout the show, we'll give out the website, which is CPS Horizon. Horizon.com, and the phone number, and also the thekowalway.com for more info. But now, it's time to talk about more insurance issues. Now, we've covered life insurance. Right before the break, John, you
1: mentioned long-term care insurance. Correct. So, you know, with life insurance, I believe the claim rate for a term policy is around 2%, maybe a little bit less than that. It's not a high claim rate, right? Um, Now, these are benefits that your estate is going to enjoy, because you're not going to be around to enjoy them, Right. Well, with long-term care, uh, the reality is I believe the claim rate for a guy is around fifty percent, fifty-five percent, somewhere in there. For a female, is closer to sixty-plus percent, sixty-five percent. So these are higher, higher claim rates, and you will be around when these events are going on. And so when we're doing retirement planning, we have to discuss long-term care. You're getting older. You know, your body's not doing what it used to. And we need to discuss this very, you know, it's a hard topic to talk about. It's it's not exciting. It's, but it's very important because it can really devastate a solid retirement plan if we have these long-term care expenses that come up and can really put a hole in your finances if we've at least not planned for it. Mike so, said,
0: you know, why do Americans delay getting life insurance or just don't get it because you're facing your own mortality? This would be, I think, the same scenario, right, Mike? Or we're facing our own future, which is probably not not a healthy one. We don't like to think about that.
2: Of course not. And when it comes to long-term care, it's facing more your own morbid, morbidity is how you put that. Yes, yes. And that's where it's a little more challenging in that aspect because it's like, okay, everybody thinks I'm not going to need long-term care services. never going to happen to me. But I don't know anybody that has not been touched by somebody needs some kind of form of long-term care, whether it's at home, in assisted living, or a nursing home.
0: I would agree. Both my grandmas you know, spent years in, in assisted living. Is sure. what you'd call it now? Hospice at home that gets costly. This stuff costs a lot of money.
2: Right now, an average home health care uh, monthly bill is about four to four forty five hundred to maybe sixty five hundred dollars. Assisted living's in that same area, but a nursing home right now is anywhere from ten to twelve thousand in uh, southeastern Wisconsin per month.
0: Yeah, well, clarifying.
2: Yeah, that's a month, right? Not annually, So well 100, over
0: a hundred
2: thousand a year. Yep, hundred, hundred and twenty, hundred and forty thousand dollars a year if you have to go to a nursing home. Right,
1: and you know, there's there's that kind of leads into one of the myths I hear from some some clients that bring this up is well, you know, um, with a nursing home that's very expensive. You guys are always quoting those kind of rates to me. Well, most of the care is going to happen in the house first. Most people want to stay in their home. They do not want to go to an assisted living. They do not want to go to a skilled nursing facility. They want to be in their house where they're comfortable, um, where everything is is familiar to them. And so they, maybe they're close to family members. They don't want to go to one of these places. And that's understandable. And, and, you know, that's the good news. Bad news is the good news is most of these events and the care that's going to take place will be in the house.
0: And if it's not those, you mentioned those places, insure, you know uh, nursing homes, you whatever you want to call them. Mike, what's the proper term? Is it nursing home? Is it assisted care?
2: Well, assisted living and nursing homes are different types of facilities. They are. They can be in the same building, but there's different types of services that are involved between but each one. But my point
0: was some of them are pretty cool right now, right?
2: Well, yes. The entertainment. Well there's, there's, well, there's senior living in our, our complexes that all. So, okay, you're you're doing fine. You're just trying to have centralized services and things. And then uh, maybe you go to a different wing or a different building in the same campus, and that's where assisted living comes in or even a nursing home and things. So, yeah, of course they make these things look soft, swanky, and there's bingo, and there's all these different things. But uh, in reality, there's certain aspects of that building that are not very pleasant at all. I would imagine. And
0: everybody is different. Some people like to socialize. Others want to just be left alone. You know, a friend of mine actually goes to area nursing homes in Sheboygan County and entertains. He's a singer, guitarist. And he loves it because he gets them up and dancing. He goes, but there's always one or two that just don't want to participate. I get it. I'm in my 80s. I don't you know. I'm just not in the mood, leave me alone, that kind of thing. So it's, it's again, case by case, everybody is different. Did we describe, Mike, long-term care insurance properly? How would you sum it up in a nutshell?
2: Well, long-term care insurance is what you're actually doing is buying a bucket of money or a pool of money that can be tapped into if you need long-term care services. You have an extended health issue. So you're buying a whole bunch of money of insurance companies' money that you can grab in certain increments to help pay for your care. Now, how do you qualify for a claim if you can't perform two of the activities of daily living without somebody helping you? And what are those activities? Some of the same things you've already done this morning. So transferring, getting in and out of bed or in and out of a chair, going to the bathroom, relieving yourself, getting dressed, Keeping yourself clean, taking a shower or a bath. You you have continence issues, bladder control issues, and you can't eat without somebody helping you. If you can't perform two of those activities without somebody helping you, that's one of the ways you can qualify for a claim. The other way is if your doctor says you have a cognitive impairment such as Alzheimer's or dementia – And you're no longer safe by yourself. That's how you can qualify for that. Now, unfortunately, there's a 70% chance that everybody in America is going to need some sort of long-term care services at some point. To the extent that they would actually qualify for a long-term care claim, it's about 52%. So there's a high probability that someone and you know, if not yourself, is going to need some kind of care in their elderly years.
0: A lot of this, I think, John, does it trace back to, hey, we're living longer. Living longer doesn't always equate to
1: healthier. Absolutely right. Uh, no, And when we do a retirement plan, we're always making assumptions. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you that most baby Boomers that retire today, the software programs that we use to run the analysis would probably have the female living to age 94 and the male to 92. Uh, We run it a little bit longer than that just to make sure that it's going to be a a, a foolproof plan. Having said that, um, there's outliers on both ends of that spectrum. I've had people retire and pass away weeks after retirement. And so, of course, no one knows. And so what we can try and do to the best of our ability is create a plan that will hopefully be managed for most contingencies. And definitely long-term care is one of them.
2: And one of the things that the, you guys, the Cobalt Group, does a really nice job is stress testing your client's portfolio, putting in different scenarios within that financial plan, saying, say, at the age of 80, which is where a lot of long-term care claims start, is the late 70s or early 80s, you stress test the portfolio. If we don't have long-term care insurance and things just go along fine, how does my profil- policy perform? Or if I do have long term care insurance and I go on claim, how does it perform? And if I don't have long term care insurance, so you guys are doing really nice job stress testing a portfolio.
1: Right. And you know, one of the one of the most dangerous words I found with long term care planning is oh, I'll just self insure. And I used to be guilty of saying those words too. Oh self insure. Define
0: self insure, In pay other for words, it with your own money, you're right.
1: But remember insurance implies leverage, right? So you're putting down a small amount of premium for a big amount of money. Well, if you're self-insuring, which is the incorrect way of saying it, you're really self-funding, right? You're using your own assets, but there is no leverage.
0: Um, now, you're- if you're making 35 or $56 million a year, for example, as a quarterback of an NFL team, <laughs> it might be different. I remember Rush Limbaugh, the great Rush when he was alive, talked about the just absolutely, he thought, the healthcare debacle in America. It's so uh, confusing, right, for most of Americans and the affordability that he paid out of pocket, Now, not many Americans can do that, Mike.
2: Very, very few Americans can do that. Well, under one percent. When you're talking Joe Lunchbox and Main Street USA, a long term care event is going to devastate most portfolios.
0: Self insure. Very kind of dangerous, right, John? Yeah, so
1: use the word self fund instead. And then that kind of really hits home, right? I am funding this, and that's a different perspective. And so I'm definitely more aware now of the verbiage that I'm using in meetings. When someone says, I'm going to self insure, I'll correct them and say, You mean self fund. And then it hits home. Oh, you're right. If I do have a long-term care event, I am literally paying down out of my own assets, dollar for dollar, on this event. And then it really starts to ring true. Okay, maybe I should really take this seriously and look at a long-term care insurance quote and get educated on it. And And make a really good decision.
2: One of the most important things I could say here, regardless of insurance is involved or not, is to have a plan. Have a plan for your long-term care needs. And sit down with your spouse and sit down with your family and say, hey, if something happens to me. This is what I want to have my wishes for. You can sell this asset to pay for my care or we got, we've got it, some kind of long-term care insurance. We're going to use that to pay for our care. And let your wishes know between spouses and let the wishes know between parents and children because I've seen where – families are torn apart by not agreeing on what's going on with mom or who's providing the care for mom and the, who's paying for it and what's the cost or is mom moving in with me and not with you and all that aspect. Yeah, and
0: larger that. families, you could have six, seven, eight kids involved living all over the country and all having different opinions. Well, mom told me this is what she wanted and, and so forth and so on. That goes also to a good, I think, having an estate plan in general, right?
2: Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's part of the estate planning, yeah. but also having a plan – Written down, that's for what is my plan for my health care needs, that's important. And the Coldwell way, the Coldwell team has got a guide that they can give to you that got, walks you through this, what you need to do as far as a, a, developing a plan for your care. And I would just suggest contacting the Coldwell team for that.
1: Yeah. And this is good proactive planning, right? This, is, this isn't this is something to be feared or dreaded. It's like, let's discuss this. Let's communicate Let's do some proactive planning so that, you know, when when this event, if it does happen, that you have a plan in place and can execute on the plan and it de-stresses everybody. Um, and, of course, that's the flip side to, to not having a plan is all the stress, all this tension. It is a lot of work. putting it on someone. the back
0: burner, yes. someday I'll get to this life insurance. Someday I'll get the long-term care insurance. Once you get it done, much like a trust, any estate plan, right, you just, you feel better. I think when it's done, you know that it's taken care of and- Again, stress-free.
1: Yeah.
2: The best times to be looking at a long-term care policy is from about the age of mid-50s to mid-60s, maybe upper 60s. Um, and once you get over 70, you can still get some kind of a long-term care plan. It just gets a little more costly. But there are, there are strategies that, that can be put into play that can help make long-term care insurance or a form of it quite affordable. So
0: it's beneficial to address it earlier.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Underwriting for traditional long-term care insurance is not easy. So if you're still young and healthy enough, like I said, mid-50s to maybe 70 years old, that's the time to be really taking a look at that. The sweet spots are there as far as putting together a quality plan for very affordable.
1: Yeah, very important part of a good retirement strategy, that's for sure. John, when you sit down with
0: clients at the Cowal Investment Group, this is something you bring up. You talk about insurance needs and... How
1: are we doing in that fast, right? Right, right. You know, we're the COWAL investment group, right? So everyone's thinking mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, of course, that's all important. But, you know, the other part of this pyramid of, of wealth is, hey, insurance, right? Let's, what strategies are there? Um, and there's lots of them. <laughs> it can be a little bit too much, but there's
0: there's options. And, every again, every client is different depending on their needs, their wealth, all of that. Speaking of wealth, wealth management and preservation, that segment is coming up next. In the meantime, with John White from the COWAL Investment Group, the retirement clinic today with in-studio guest Mike Smith. And Mike is president of CPS Horizon. And financial. Now you're in Hale's Corners. I mentioned your website a couple times. Let's give out your phone number, Mike.
2: Sure. It's 414-427-8660. And again, that's
0: cpshorizon.com. Correct. I'll ask you what John asked before the show started. What does CPS stand for?
2: Companies, Products, Service. Uh, and we've got go. dozens of insurance companies that I'm not an employee of any of them. I just represent them and uh, we find what's in their client's best interest.
0: Kind of shop around, kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. And you mentioned the internet before; it's much easier to apply online and get all of that paperwork done uh, on websites. Again, know who you're dealing with, though. Too
2: absolutely. Getting here's the thing: if you go through an eight hundred number or you're, or you're doing online, it's you know based in you know some other part of the country. When you need service, when you need you know somebody passes, you need to claim or you need to change, change beneficiaries or something. The service isn't is there as it compared to your a local advisor that you know and trust or who's part of your community.
0: Now I don't know about you guys, but I've been getting a lot more of these spam, not just phone calls, but texts lately too, where texts will come and click here to this link to whatever, fill in the blank. It could be insurance. It could be anything. Those i just delete.
2: No, you, you probably should, right? I mean, just
0: delete, you know, and always kind of have your guard up with regard to the internet. But this website, cpshorizon.com, that's Mike's website. Please check it out again there in Hale's Corners. The COWAL Investment Group, a lot more coming up on The Retirement Clinic with John White. I'm Paul Kronforce, and this is WISN. Back on WISN, the retirement clinic continues with the Cowell Investment Group, the retirement Specialist, on WISN with John White, your host, Mike Smith, our guest today, all things insurance as president of CPS Horizon Financial. there in Hale's Corners. Okay. Life insurance. We talked about long-term care insurance. This specific segment is a feature every week. We call the wealth management and preservation
1: segment, John. Right, yeah. So very important is that uh, in 2025, we're going to see the sunsetting of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. Now, this was a Trump-era tax law that got passed, and basically what we're looking at here is the estate tax as it stands right now. If you have an estate, let's say you pass away in 2023 as a single tax filer, and your estate is worth $12,920,000, you will not pay any estate tax on that amount, so long as it's less than that dollar amount. Anything over that, you are going to be subject to estate tax. Well, come 2025, that estate tax threshold is now going to drop to probably just under $6 million. So now we have a couple of years before that event to do some really good estate planning around the whole estate tax issue. In other words, let's say today you got an estate of $7 million. And a couple of years from now, the estate tax is now $6 million, maybe five point eight. We don't know the exact number. You might be subject to that estate tax. Now, the estate tax exemption does change throughout time. Um, tax law has certainly shown that. But there is a lot of good insurance planning opportunities around estate taxes. Mike, any thoughts
0: on that? What year is this first off, John? You mentioned 2020...
1: 2025 is the sunset. So basically 2026 yeah. and onwards, we're dealing with Got it. probably a lower take, estate tax exemption amount. Yeah.
0: So why is start being proactive, Mike, getting out in front of this and planning now?
2: Yes, there's an incredible amount of good planning strategies that can be utilized to make sure you either avoid the federal estate tax by setting up trust with an estate planning attorney or and or doing some kind of a form of insurance or charitable giving that can help reduce the estate tax exposure that your family could have. The taxes are going to have to get paid, but whether you pay for it out of your estate or have an insurance company pay the taxes, that planning is up to you.
1: Yeah, you know, often a big problem when it comes to the estate taxes, you know, how are we going to pay for this, right? And so An insurance policy can create a lot of liquidity, right? So now you have a cash settlement that you get with with no taxes on the death benefit. And now you can use that dollar, these dollars, for the estate tax that is going to be coming due. Um, So it can definitely save you having to sell assets that may incur taxable liability to create that cash for the tax. Um, With these life insurance policies, and, and there's definitely ways to design them where they're very estate tax efficient and create a lot of liquidity for this. Pretty one nasty of the type, estate tax.
2: one of the types of insurance is called survivorship, or not—it's called second to die—is another way to put it. And these policies were pretty popular in the 80s and 90s, and then they kind of went away because the estate tax exemption was so high. Now that the estate now that the estate tax exemption is lower or going to be lower, there are more companies coming out with second to die over the next 18 months than I've seen in a long time. And what a second to die policy does is it ensures two people, typically a husband and wife, or same sex, you know, in the same committed relationship, Mm -hmm. because all the taxes are going to be due when the second person passes away. So if the husband passes away first, there's not a lot of tax ramifications. It's when mom passes away where all of a sudden there's a lot of tax exposure there, whether it's your IRA or inheritance. Uh, stocks, yeah, they, all
0: they are both gone. They died. Right. So who pays
2: for it? The, the kids, st- the estate, the estate. Yep. Yeah.
0: And if, even if you do the proper plan, I mean, you
2: can't escape Uncle Sam and taxes. They're going to get paid somehow. Whether yes. they want you, whether you want them to be paid out of your own estate or out of some insurance company's money, that's what the planning's about.
0: Which is why we call this segment Wealth Management and Preservation, the keyword, preserving your wealth, John, right?
1: Yeah, and when I think about second-to-die policies, I also think about it from an underwriting standpoint. Typically, you might find a circumstance where one of the spouses is uninsurable. Um, With a second-to-die policy... You can still get underwriting done for the healthier spouse. So, there's that as well to consider. Um, obviously, premiums will likely be higher than two healthy couples, right? But at the same time, you know, they're, again, get informed on this. It's really important because the estate tax is coming. Winston Churchill, he's one of the first guys to kind of institute an estate tax because he didn't want a bunch of idle rich. In other words, estates is keeping passing on, passing on without people having to work for it. Right. So, that is, you know, obviously, estate tax is a very sensitive topic. Some people hate the thought of it, yeah. but do something about it. Just like life insurance or long-term care insurance. Be proactive. Do something.
2: And another aspect that for preservation of wealth is not just a super wealthy with sitting here with six, $7 million or more. We're also talking about yourself or your neighbor down the street. If you have an IRA or 401K and – you pass away. It used to be, the law used to be where you can, that person inheriting the IRA can take a little bit each year but stretch it over their lifetime. Now that, thanks to the SECURE Act, that has gone away. Now an IRA or 401k has to be liquidated within 10 years, which is going to cause a tax verification for that next generation. And so doing some form of insurance to help pay those taxes is another prudent way to go about saving your estate.
0: SECURE Act 2.0, right? Both of them. Both of them, yes. Look, that acronym up, because i always forget what it stands for
1: setting every community up for retirement
0: oh I enhancement. Enhancement. Yes. enhancement enhancement that's yes. the word i remember mean the right. I the, la- the e part secure act then secure act 2.0 if some of this if all of this or just a fraction of the show is complicated or sounds complicated to you stay tuned stay tuned a lot more coming up the retirement clinic will be right back on news talk 11 30 w Today's retirement clinic. First off, we've got a minute or two here left at the end of the show. We thank our guest, Mike Smith. Before the break, Mike, I was saying this may be confusing to a lot of people. If you are confused, reach out. We can give them the coalway.com. We can call your company, CPS Horizon Financial Urine Hills Corners. Correct. Let's give out all that. Per- what, am I better off calling or logging on?
2: Well, they can certainly give a call, 414 427 8-6-6-0. And I have no problem with the email me, which is Mike at CPSHorizon.com. Mike Smith. Hey,
0: thanks for your time, fellow Oshkosh.
2: Happy okay. to
0: do that. Uh, always uh, great to have you on the show. And we want to thank John White, of course, part of the Market Updates twice a day. Mark Belling, late afternoon show. Mark is back, of course, now full time on WISN. So those 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. news blocks, com. the phone number 262 522 Forty forty with regards to the topic today, insurance very important. And again, America is just underinsured.
1: Yeah, you know, let's reduce it down to one quote: "An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure." That was Benjamin Franklin that said that. And boy, does that speak volumes for what we're talking about today. Get some preventative measures in place so that you don't have to feel too much pain.
0: Boy, first Winston Churchill, now Benjamin Franklin yeah, quotes. I love
1: history. Good stuff
0: today, John. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. John White, part of the COWAL Investment Group. Again, The Way.com. For more info, we're back next Saturday, 10 o'clock on WISN. <laughs>
1: Thank <laughs> you.